time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right. Uh, we are in a series called Fight for Your Friends. And when we're talking about fighting, we're talking about we want to fight. Uh, we want to give all that we have the way that Jesus did. And when you want to see what Jesus did, when you want to see how to fight, when you want to see how to sacrifice, we look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus prayed for his friends. Jesus loved. Jesus uh, preached, Jesus served, and so tonight um, I want to talk uh, about preaching, and so the title of my talk tonight is one word, it's the word preach. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. God, we so desperately want to be expressions of the gospel in the 21st century, declaring your message to our broken world and our broken generation. And as we hear the statisticians talk about losing this generation, Lord God, we want in this city for it to be not so. We want, Lord Jesus, your will to be done in Colorado Springs as it is in heaven. God, we desire for every high school to have on every, in every, on every campus burning and shining lamps, prayer meetings, proclamation declaration of the gospel, holiness, righteousness. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would use weak, broken teenagers like us to, train, to change the city. We love you. We honor you. And everybody said amen. amen. Hey, say preach. preach. Say preach. preach. You're going to say that about 20 times, maybe 30 tonight. So I need us to get stronger at that. So will you say the word preach? preach. Hey, can you say the word preach? Preach. All right, good. Now, in a minute, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read through some scriptures. And every time we come to the word preach, I want you to say, every time that in the scripture it comes to the word preach, I want you to say, and so uh, I want to tell you this story. It happened to me when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school. And and, uh, one of my buds got up to to run for office. He was running for senior class president. and, um, And he preached the gospel. He preached the gospel. So he got up there, and when everybody was, was, you know, just given their, hey, vote for me because I'm handsome, or vote for me because I'm short, or vote for me because I'm smart, or vote for me because I'm on the football team, or vote for me because, because you have to vote for somebody, and uh, all those kinds of things, he said, he got up there, and he just began for five minutes, the five minutes that he had to preach the gospel. And as he preached the gospel, <laughs> it's going to be a fun night. As he declared the gospel, as he proclaimed, as he heralded the gospel, he, uh, he, I, it, was a, it was a fun moment because everybody began to get restless and, 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 and people had to face just w- what the message of the gospel really is. And so he had been a Christian for years and years and years in eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And his senior year, obviously, this was the end of our 11th grade year because we were, he was running for senior class president. And I, and I, and I just want to remind you of the story. I want to tell you the story because it impacted me in such a powerful way because now, yay, there it is. Shout to the Lord, everybody. Uh, all right, good. Um, because, sorry, no, I'm weird, but so is my brother. And so, it's <laughs> genetic. And so literally... As we, uh, as, as people came to vote, I was the guy, I was one of the people that was taking in the Scantrons. Do we still have Scantrons? Do we still do that? Or is that, 
You, you think with the internet we could get rid of those. But uh, so I was the one taking the scantrons, and right on my hand, I had his name. It said vote for, and I put it on there. You know, it's totally cheating. Not supposed to do that. And uh, so I would literally, you know, like hand each kid, you know, there in, in our school. Not every kid, but many of the kids that scantron, and it would be like, Boop, and then I'd, and I'd wink at him, and I was, you know, it's for my friend. He gave me twenty bucks, and so. Uh, one of the girls, though, one of this this girl, she was a, a cheerleader, and uh, I remember that because um, cheerleaders were always popular, and so you know I was care- I was kind of scared of popular people, and uh, she literally lectured me right then and there. I mean, just like tore into me like you can't believe. I mean, red faced, and she just began to just say, "How dare you? How dare you <laughs> preach? <laughs> How dare you?" How, how dare you? How, how, I'm just angry. It was a hard moment and I just smiled and I just began to just say, listen, this is who we are. We wanna be people that love and pray and preach. That's, that's, that's what we do. And, uh, and I remember though facing the, 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 the offensiveness of the gospel. My, my friend wasn't mean, he wasn't harsh. He just told his story. He just began to, he just told his story about how Jesus had changed his life. A few years later, uh, I was a university student at the University of Oklahoma and, uh, and, uh, preach. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll, I'll never forget, I, I, I hadn't seen uh, this girl in, since high school and didn't even know she went to that university. We didn't have Facebook back then, so we just lost touch in those days. And, uh, and, and, and literally, she comes riding her bicycle across the campus. And she's yelling my name, and I'm scared of her. And all, the only memory I've got is that one moment. I'm like, oh, no. And, and she says, um, can we talk? Can we connect? And I said, sure, yeah, totally. And thinking, hey, maybe she's got a crush on me. You know, didn't do so well in high school, but maybe it's a new day, and his mercy is new every morning. And so... Uh, and uh, I said, yeah, we can talk. And so I began to talk with her and, and she, said, she said, David, I just want to tell you something good that's happened in my life. She said, I've given my life to Jesus. And she said, I'm in love with Jesus. I serve at my church. And I said, really? And I was, all of a sudden just took a breath, you know, thank God. And, um, and I'm obviously abbreviating the conversation because it was hours long. But she said, uh, do you remember? I said, I remember. <laughs> She said, you remember when? I said, I remember when. She said, you remember when I yelled at you? I said, do I ever? And uh, she said, I just want to thank you. She said, um, she said I know I, was, I, 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 came, I came across as mad and angry, but she said, what was going on in my heart? She said, I grew up going to church. She, grew, she said, I grew up, my, uh, my, I, knew, I, I, I knew that Jesus was real, but I was living in sin. And when I had to face the story of Jesus transforming a life. I, was so, I, I had to face the, the, the offensiveness, the frustration of knowing where I was at. And she said, but that moment, that moment messed with me. And she said, I've, I've been on a journey. She said, it started to stir in my heart and it, it messed me up that day. And, and I just wanna, I wanna thank you for you and your buds for, for preaching the gospel. And, I remember just talking to her and just smiling and, and so thankful and so excited about the work of the Holy Spirit in her life and that God 
and began to work in her heart and her life. And, and realistically, you know, a lot of times when we tell these stories, we tell these stories, I did last week, last week I told you the story. It was right as we, as we ended and I told you a story about one of my friends that I was literally trying to pray for him and love him and tell him about God all of our senior year. And I told you the story about, hey, let me tell you, it was awesome because the way that it ended was the night before, the night before commencement, he said, okay, David, I, I, I surrender. I know you're, the, you're going for the Jesus thing. I, I give up and I want it. Pray with me. I, I, I want to know Jesus. And the night before, man, I prayed with him and it was awesome and it was a victory party. And so I'm here telling that story years and years later because it was a cool moment. But, but I know what it's like to be in your shoes where you hear a story like that and you think, that's cool, but where I'm at, I don't see that. A lot of times when I'm preaching the gospel or when I'm declaring it to my friends or when I'm trying to live a life that's different or pray for them or love them or, or whatever, a lot of times it just creates awkward moments. Anybody ever had an awkward moment? Awkward. I had one of those just a couple summers ago, summer of 2008. Two summers ago, I had one of my most awkward salvation attempts ever. I was coming home from uh, our Desperation Conference in Michigan. Oh, yeah, from Michigan. We got some buds here from Michigan. And, uh, and so literally, I got on the airplane. I was coming home. I was by myself. And I get on the airplane, and the, uh, it was the flight from Michigan to Chicago. And so it was a little plane, and literally this uh, flight attendant, uh, male flight attendant, and so, is that how you say it? Male flight attendant? It's male flightist. Anyway, this, this male flight attendant, I think I got it wrong. But this guy, the dude that gives, anyway, he, am I saying it right? All right. The male flight attendant, he comes up, he, he looks at me and I'm sitting in the exit row and he says, excuse me, sit in the exit row, you gotta be at least 15 years old. <laughs> I said, dude, I got three kids at the time. And he was like, yeah, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> I was like, yes. And I was like, actually, I'm 31. And he was like, and he was like oh. <laughs> he was like, all right. And I could tell he felt bad. You know, I could tell he felt really bad. We got up in the air and, and, uh, and, and I, there was no one sitting in the seat next to me. And so lo and behold, he comes over and he sits next to me. It's a pity sit, you know. <laughs> he was like feeling bad. And so uh, he's like, so we start talking and I start asking him questions. He lives in Ohio and we're just talking about, uh, about you know, he's asking me what I'm doing and I'm saying, you know, well, I'm just uh, leaving a, a youth conference. And, and uh, I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. And I was just talking to teenagers about following Jesus. And he, start, and he, began, to, he began to just talk about the absurdity of religion. And I began to talk to him about Jesus and he began to talk about, uh, his only context was what he had seen on television and, and, and it, it went into quite a conversation and then he began to get up and like go give people drinks and come back and our conversation got, you know, r- really strong and uh, just really intense and I started to feel like I was making progress because man, I mean, I was laid on thick. I mean, I was like quoting Romans and the Roman road. I was everything I memorized from the seventh grade and I was like, I'm gonna get this guy. I'm gonna tell this guy about Jesus and then I'm gonna get out the airplane. I'm gonna call my mom because she always does this. And I was like, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get this guy saved. It's gonna work. And the con- conversation concludes where he begins to talk to me and he's like, he's like, man, why would, why would you follow a God? Why would you follow a God that doesn't make you just richer, 
He said, I want more money. I want a better apartment. And he said, and I want to marry a pretty girl one day. And I was like, well, let's, the whole, and I began to tell him about the gospel and began to tell him about what it means about heaven and hell and that Jesus died for him. And he's like, I, all I want, all I want, if that, if that, if he, if your God can help me become more rich, more famous and have a bigger apartment. That was his words, a bigger apartment. I was like, why don't you aim for a house? But he was like, a bigger apartment. That's what he said. He's like, then I'm into it. And I was like, you know what, man? At the very core of the gospel is not those things. The very core of the gospel is a man who sits on a throne, who's worthy, who left everything and died on a cross after living perfectly in order to redeem you so you can spend an eternity with him. He's gonna come back for his people. He's gonna, he literally ascended into heaven. He, lived, he lives forever. He's coming back for us. Truly, the gospel is not a God that makes our lives better on the earth. Truly, the gospel is someone that's so infinite and worthy and awesome that we marvel and awe, give our lives to him. And he looked at me, and he said, man, you're crazy. And I said, yeah. I, I said, if, if, if your end philosophy is ultimately your happiness in this life, and that's as deep as we can go, then I'm, I'm nuts. And he was like, you're gonna just say that? And I was like, yeah, I'm loco, I'm crazy, man, nuts. And he was like, I was like, because at the core of what I believe, at the core of the gospel, at the core of what I've given my life to is not using religion to get wealth or fame or a better life. At the core is surrender. At the core is Jesus was a real man. He really came. He really lived perfectly. He really died on a real cross. He really rose from the dead. He really came back to his disciples and told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And I said, and that's what I believe. And it ended with him thinking that I was this baby-faced moron. It ended with him thinking that I was nuts. And I tell you that tonight because last week I told you the story of success. I told you the story of, hey, God was working on this guy's heart and this guy, this guy gave his life to Jesus. But the truth is, is that here in just a second, we're gonna go through the gospel and I just want you to get, I just want you to lock in with, you're called, no matter what, you're called to be people that pray. You're called to be people that love and serve and you're called to be people that preach. No matter how you slice it, and I know how it works. Preaching's got a bad rap in our day. Preaching's got a horrible rap. In fact, when we say preach, people think bad things, and people talk weird, and people get mad. And I remember even in high school, people using that, and they snarl up their nose, and they say, don't preach at me. I remember that. But see, realistically, the anger that comes, the anger that people have is if we preach, but we don't pray and we don't love. But if you pray and you love, if you pray and you love and you demonstrate what Tyler was talking about a minute ago, where my life, my life demonstrates what I'm preaching, then people go, tell me more. Tell me what you've got. Tell me who you are. Tell me why. Tell me what. Tell me when. Tell me where. I want to know. And so I just want to tell you tonight that you can't, you cannot negate, you cannot read the Bible that I'm reading. You cannot read the Bible that you're reading and walk away and think that you are not called to be a preacher. Every, every fellowship of the redeemed, every person, every man, every woman that has said yes to Jesus Christ, you are a preacher. 
Let me just tell you, Matthew chapter four, here we go. This is gonna be quick. Let's roll. Matthew chapter four, verse 17, talking about Jesus. Jesus is baptized in Matthew chapter three. Then we go into Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four, from that time on, Jesus began to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew chapter four, verse 23, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So what is Jesus doing a lot of? He's preaching. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and and healing every disease and sickness. Matthew chapter 10, verse seven, as you go, Jesus says, as you go, preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew chapter 11, verse one, after Jesus had finished instructing his his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. Matthew chapter 11, verse five, the blind receive sight, speaking here about John the Baptist and to go back and proclaim this to him. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The good news is preach to the poor. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel, Jesus talking of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Mark chapter one, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can there also. This is why I this is why I come. This is why I have come. This is why I came to earth. Mark chapter three, verse 14. His appointed 12 designating them apostles that they might be with him and that he might send them out to So designating his disciples so that he might send them out to. So if you're a disciple, Jesus wanted you to. Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Luke chapter four, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus says, because he's quoting Isaiah, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to to release the oppressed. Luke chapter four, verse 43, but he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Luke 4, 44, and he kept on preaching in the synagogue of Judea. Acts chapter eight, so now Jesus risen from the dead. Jesus then came and saw his disciples for 40 days. Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus said, you now go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then his disciples began. First part of Acts is mostly about Peter. Second part of Acts is mostly about Paul. Here, chapter eight, verse four, those who have been scattered, preach the word wherever they went. We're almost done. Acts chapter nine, verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And so now Paul and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 28, verse 41. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians nine sixteen. Paul says, yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast for I am compelled to woe to me if I do not. Second Timothy chapter four, verse two, preach the word, be prepared in, in season and out. Paul looks at Timothy. He's an old man. He's writing his last, his last letter, which becomes a, bo- a book of the Bible. And he says, all right, I finished the race. I fought the good fight. Let me tell a young man, a young Timothy, let me declare it. And he says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out. I know. I know the rebuttal. I know. Hey, David, no. No. No, not preach, not use words. I know, David. Listen. Listen, David. We just, we just need to, we need to like do the other things, but let's not preach. Let's not talk. Let's not declare. Let's not herald. 
And here's the one that always comes back to me. Here's what people say when I'm sitting there having coffee with the dude and he's like, I don't know what I think about this. I don't know what I think about fearlessness and boldness and all that. Here's what's always quoted. Hey, David, don't you know the quote, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Ever heard that? Preach the gospel when necessary, use words. Here's the funny thing about that. You know who said that? St. Francis. You know what St. Francis did for a living? He was a preacher. (laughs) That's what St. Francis did. And the very message, the very core thing of what he was about was he was saying when he said that, his, his point was, of course, we're called to preach. We're told to preach. The gospel tells us to preach. Jesus told us to preach. Paul preached. All of us are called to preach. And so what we want is we want to live out what we're preaching and the very nature is a statement that says of course you're going to preach of course you're going to declare it live it with your life as well we always pray we always love and we always preach how do you fight for your friends you pray for your friends you fight for them on your knees you love your friends you serve your friends you act like Jesus you talk to them and you tell them and you declare to them, and you look at them, and you look them right in the eyes, and however you can do it, with what, none of us are perfect. Not, I mean, no, we, Jesus is the one who has redeemed us. Jesus is the one who saved us. The good news of the gospel is in and through you to the world. You're a preacher. You're called to be a preacher. Seventh graders, ninth graders, 11th graders, Sophomores in college, 60-year-olds. Everybody's preaching. I don't care who I don't care who you are. It's all over the place. It's all over the Lady Gaga's preaching. She's proclaiming stuff. Miley Cyrus is talking. She's proclaiming. She's got a message to say. The proclamation is out there all over the place. Television. Oh man, MTVs, they're preaching. They're preaching. They're declaring what they think. They're proclaiming what they think. The real, real world, world is preaching. Donald Trump, he's preaching about greed. Oprah, she's got a message. She's preaching. The theaters, go watch Avatar, and you'll see they're talking pantheism, all kinds of junk. Theaters are preaching. I feel like T.D. Jakes tonight. <laughs> This is fun. Everybody's preaching. Magazines, you can look at the magazine rack. Oh my goodness. Be buff, cook this, have this house. Everybody's, everybody's got a sermon. Everybody's got something that they're saying. The question is not, will there be preachers? The question is, what will be preached? That's the question. The question is, what are you going to preach? Politicians are preaching. It's crazy. It's out there. Proclamation, declaring, ideas. It's on the rise. Let me tell you something. This idea of preaching, it's not going away. It's only on the rise. I mean, whether you're talking internet, radio, uh, every 
kind of media source. I'm, uh, uh, it, it is on the rise. It is, people have an agenda and they're declaring it. The question is not, should you be silent? The question is not, the question, you are gonna be a preacher. The question is, what are you gonna preach? The question is, what's gonna come out of you? Listen, the average teenager in America sends 50 to 75 text messages a day. And if it wasn't for the guys, that number would be hundreds. Teenage girls are texting like crazy. I sit in coffee shops. I'm a coffee shop junkie. And I listen all the time. I listen, I know. Now I'm going to scare you if you see me sitting there with my big Mickey Mouse headphones on. But I see, I listen all the time. Teenagers sit next to me and they talk, 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 talk. And they have agenda. They're talking, they're talking friends. They're talking immorality. They're talking media. They're talking about the weekend. They're talking about all kinds. They're talk, you, can, you can bet proclaiming agenda ideas are on the table. The question is not... What's going to be proclaimed? The question is not, is something going to be said? Oh, something is being said in the media, in our culture, with your own tongues. You're proclaiming all the time. The question is not, should there be preaching? Preaching is happening. Declaration, proclamation, it's happening all the time. The question is this, will the gospel be preached? Will you, with your life, with your prayers, with your own mouth, will you? Will you fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel? Will you boldly proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? Will you take what Jesus told his disciples to do, what Paul did, and what down through the ages over the last 2,000 years as the Jesus movement has turned into the church and what started off as a handful of people is now literally the largest compelling force in the world? Will you preach the gospel? You. Everybody take your finger like this and say me. Will you? Will you be a heralder? Will you be a preacher? Will you be a declarer? That's the question tonight. The question is, as we fight for our friends, sometimes um, when we pray for them, people will commit to that. And it's not, uh, it doesn't create awkward moments. It's, it's, it's like, I can do that. And then when we talk about um, trying to serve them or love them or holiness or um, demonstrating kindness, then people will, well, I can do that. And then when we get to the request, the command of Christ, the core conviction of Paul over and over in his epistles about who he is and what he's about, when we get to proclaiming, when we get to saying it, all of a sudden, instead of being lions, we sit back like little lambs. I'll tell you something. There's a moment to be the lamb before God where you sit before him and you weep and you cry and you pray. And there's a moment where you serve and where for years or months or days or however it is, you're faithful and you're steady and you're godly. And it's what Tyler was talking about, just staying steady doing it. And then there's the moment where you declare, this is why, this is who, this is what I'm about, this is what I believe. Everything, any, any glimmer of righteousness you see in me, any glimmer of commitment, any, any transformation of why my life isn't indulging in all the sins of the day, his name is Jesus. 
That's the peace. That's the peace where it's so easy to say, it's not my personality. I don't feel comfortable. Let me tell you something, friends. Let me tell you something. The question is not your personality. I don't care if you sing it. I don't, if you sing the gospel, blog the gospel, put the gospel on your t-shirt, write the gospel in a poem, sneak the, the gospel in, in a in class, on the football field, as the German club vice president. I don't know, whatever it is you do. But preach the gospel. Find a way. Declare it. Declare it. This is our, this is our privilege. It's not like this. A lot of times, a lot of times we kind of take it and we're like, well, I really like a few pieces of this, but I don't know, as for that, that telling people about God part, because other people in the past have done it wrong, I feel justified to not do it. Friends, people are going to do it wrong in the past, in the present, in the future. That's just the world. Don't use that as your license to not declare the gospel with all your heart. And do it with all the prayer, all the serving, all the love, all the authenticity that you can. Be the authentic Christian you can be. But don't use the inauthenticity of other people to be the reason why you don't declare the gospel. If that were so, listen, I, all my whole life, my whole life I've been around people that, that, that over and over again would say one thing and do another. It's, it's, gonna, it's, 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 it's not going to change. There are people like that. It's, gonna, it's just going to be here. That's going to happen. There's going to be hypocrisy. It's going to exist. But that's not your license to say, okay, well then, let me pull out of the very thing that Jesus told me to do and you find life. I, I want to tell you there's a secret. A secret to life is when you're obedient and you proclaim the gospel, God goes, sweet, I'm giving more because he's being faithful with what I've told him. With her, the one that I've told her to preach it and she's declared it, I'll tell her more. I'll give her more. I'll work on her heart more. And there's a joy in proclamation. There's a joy. And sometimes it's your senior year and your best friend says, okay, I give my life to Jesus. And sometimes the guy on the airplane says, I think religion's loco. I had other friends in high school that said no. I've had other times where I've led people to Christ and it was a quick encounter and they said yes quickly. The issue is not well, let me measure it based upon what I feel and what I think and what, how I would philosophically understand that and how I would, no, the message is this. Jesus told us to pray, to serve, to love, and to preach. You are a preacher. You're a declarer. You're a heralder. You, and listen, as long as you're doing that, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you, you know, Jesus can make your life better. And, 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 and let me tell you, we got a cool event at our church. And, you know, you can come and get free popcorn or free coffee or a free hat. And, and also it's kind of this nice, sweet thing. People will come with you. People will be like, ha, ha, ha. And the moment that you say this thing is about Jesus and it costs you your life, many will say no. I'm not telling you that in theory. I'm telling you that it's just, I'm an old man. I've watched it. I've just done it. I've just seen it. Some just say no. And that doesn't mean we give up on them, but some say no. And we see it in the life of Jesus. As long as, it's Jesus, as, long as Jesus is providing free wine, <laughs> people are showing up like crazy. Dude, I like this Jesus. 
Let's give free fish and bread to the thousands. Rock on, party man, says that the crowds followed him. As long as Jesus was healing the sick, it, I mean, swarms of people, what we read last week out of Mark 2. I mean, he couldn't, I mean, the, I mean there's so many people around the house that they couldn't even get in. Crowds. The moment that Jesus starts saying, now, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. I'm the only way. You gotta give up your life. It wasn't long before the crowds dissipated. It was true then. It's true today. But it doesn't change our role. We declare. We fearlessly make known. We bold as lions is what it says in Proverbs 28. We proclaim. Some people say, yes, my heart resonates and I'm in. We celebrate. Other people say no and we pray for them and we just keep praying more, loving more, serving more and preaching all the more. I conclude with this. Romans 10, 14. How then? Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one to whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Tonight, if you commit before God and your friends here tonight, God, I wanna be a preacher of righteousness. If that's you tonight, you wanna be a preacher. I want to invite you, just stand your feet right where you're at. Stand where you're at. That's you. Make me a preacher. Hold out your hands like this. God, we come before you. God, we desire so much so deeply desire to be Christ followers in 2010. God, we so desire to fulfill all that you've called us to. I pray for faithful, bold, strong declarers, heralders, fearless proclaimers on the campuses across this city. you set an example your disciples the apostles they lived it and the declaring of the gospel the heralding of it has not stopped for 2,000 years and tonight find a remnant of people that say count us in God give us strength because we feel like being timid and shy we feel like not stepping out of our comfort zone Everybody loves us when we're just nice, sweet. Once we start telling them why, then we take on the offensiveness of the gospel. And we just, 
We take on, Jesus, the prayer that you prayed for your disciples. When you prayed for them and you said, protect them, protect them. God, we want that protection. We want you to help us. Because as long as we don't have a cause, nobody cares what we have to say. But as soon as we take up your cause, then the rocks start being hurled at us. But we boldly tonight say we take up the cause of Christ in our generation. May it be that there's a great multitude around the throne from Pine Creek High School. May there be a great multitude around the throne from Lewis Palmer, from Rampart, from the junior highs and the high schools across the city. Count us in, God. Count us in. We feel weak. We feel like shy little kids. But we say yes. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us and has anointed us to preach good news to the poor. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.